This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following podcast contains... You watch your language. You have quite the potty mouth. Be mindful of the language you use. Curse words. The A word, the F word, and the S word. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you just gave up and sulked after your candidate lost, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, April 22nd, 2016, Waiting for a Reagan Like You edition of the show, where we discuss the end of the line at the Democratic primary and why it should give Bernie Sanders supporters hope for the future. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Robo Reagan keeping the spirit of 1980 alive through the miracle of technology. Are you a Republican politician flagging in the polls? Are you being primaried from the right? Then Robo-Reagan is right for you. This animatronic cybernetic model is better than the real thing, coming preloaded with over 500 aphorisms, anecdotes, and folksy wisdoms. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Fully controllable from our smartphone app, your, your Robo Reagan will bring in the base in droves and serves as a fully armed security robot with his multi-barrel arm-mounted Gatling gun option. The legacy of the Gipper lives in full, lifelike latex modeling and genuine human hair, unlike Reagan. Order now and Robo Reagan will include a Robo Bush for free. HW model only. Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. Robo Reagan. The 80s never died. They were only synthesized. Ernie, don't take the game. It's my categories and I'm going home. Don't let him go. Give in on neatness. All right, we accept neatness. Neatness as a disease? Yes. Categories. A letter comes up on the dice and there's all these categories. And you think of a word for each that starts with that letter. But your answer can't be like anyone else. <laughs> Beginning with our farm animals. Rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. Categories for Milton Bradley. It's better to have your own. It has been a rough week for my friends over in Sanderstan. After a hard push in the New York primaries, Hillary came out and... I'm gonna beat you like a red-headed stepchild. I mean, she just wiped the floor with him. It was like watching Mike Tyson punch out a toddler. I mean, it was brutal. All night I'm watching the returns and I want to look away... But I can't. I mean, she just whipped the shit out of him. Okay, now I got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, I got it. No, I got it. All right, I got it. I'm just saying it wasn't pretty. And his supporters' reaction was... <laughs> and that was just his supporters. The campaign came out on MSNBC and said, well, his campaign manager said, that they planned to fight all the way to the convention. This did not please Hillary. I shall have to insist you mind what you say. I am ISIS. I am worshipped by millions who believe it. No, if she had her way, Bernie would quietly pack his bags and head back to Vermont and get back to cheese making or whatever the hell they do up there. 
I don't know, frankly to me, Vermont is just the anti-particle of Alabama. The same, but just the opposite. You can't get a cab. There's not a decent Chinese takeout in the entire state. I mean, what am I going to do in Vermont? Listen to a stockbroker wax poetic while working the land with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young on repeat? I I don't think so. But I'm not here to talk about the the primary or the terrible, terrible thrashing delivered or to quash the inane conspiracy theories cropping up like mutated man-eating flora in a Monsanto GMO squash field. Feed me, Carbon! Feed me now! I can't. I'm starving! Or how some of you burners sound an awful lot like the hard-right conservatives whining about being oppressed because I am here to help. I'm a helper. We are going to talk about Bernie's inevitable foretold loss of the primary as a harbinger of good things to come. Don't believe me, and I see you don't, because you are ye of little faith. Come, children, let me show you the wonders of the future as seen through the lens of the past. Once upon a time in America. Democrats ruled the land. Since the 1930s, the political mood of the country was distinctively donkey-shaped, and while the presidency moved back and forth across the aisle, Congress was completely dominated by Democrats. From 1955 until 1995, Suck on it, Republicans! The Democrats owned the House of Representatives, and most of the time the Senate. In fact, over the past hundred years, Democrats have held power nearly twice as long as Republicans in all the government. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. Oh, well, at least as far as Republicans were concerned. In fact, the conservative elements of the United States largely sat and sulked in remote corners of the country where they could live their uniquely conservative lifestyle, oppressing women, minorities, and enjoying significant social and religious dominance. Just like now! And while they enjoyed sporadic moments where they would emerge to destroy the lives of liberals, Jews, and other un-American types... Are you or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Are you a member of the Communist Party? Are you a member of the Communist Party? They found these moments tended to alienate people and cost them political power. So after about 1955, they mostly concentrated on sulking and attacked black people with dogs and fire hoses. You can't imagine their surprise when they stuck their head out of their Confederate-themed state houses in the mid 1960s and found that black people did not actually enjoy the raping, lynching, and systematic social, political, and economic disenfranchise as they had previously believed. I did not see that coming! In fact, the rest of the country had come to view their little enclaves of the 19th century as a moral eyesore. Kind of like that neighbor who never cuts his grass because there are five or six broken down cars on his lawn, plays Leonard Skinner way too loud at 3 a.m. on a Wednesday night, and shoots fireworks every weekend. So by the time the Neighborhood Block Association was finished, conservatives were pretty much deprived of all the things that made life good if you were a conservative. Women could talk back or control their body. The Negro no longer played step and fetch it whenever the white man came around. And good lord, why are men wearing their hair long like a girl? It was clear they were going to have to do something. Someone had to take the country back from all the pinko liberal fags running it. Someone who understood that the establishment was out of touch with who and what 
Real America trademark was all about. They needed a politician just as hateful, small-minded, and filled with frothing rage as they were. In your heart, you know he's right. Vote for Barry Goldwater. Barry was denounced by the Republican establishment when he challenged the 64 convention and widely seen as the worst thing to happen to the party since Andrew Johnson. But folks knew, folks, you know, real folks, American folks, knew that Barry gonna save us all. Naturally, Lyndon Johnson I am gonna beat him like a rented mule in one of the worst electoral ass-kickings in a long time. In fact, there wouldn't be another such ass-kicking until, okay, it was only like eight years later when Nixon made McGovern his bitch. But that leads me to Nixon, who was the candidate's conservative look to to bring balance to the force. He was establishment, but not too establishment. Think Paul Ryan here. He was a fervent anti-communist, more than a little bit racist, and was keen on killing as many people in Vietnam as we possibly could so we could bring peace with honor. Unfortunately for Republicans, he was a criminal, a narcissist, and quite possibly diagnosably insane. Conservatives were really down. I mean, they lost the country. The guys they put in the White House were either crooks or unelected crook partners. They couldn't get Congress back. The establishment was against them. They needed a leader, someone who could get the people to rise up and take back what was theirs from all the women, minorities, and fags who had robbed real white Americans of... I mean, who could lift them up? Who could heal a broken nation? The time is now for strong leadership. Reagan for president. Ronald Wilson Reagan was more than just a mid-tier actor with a pinch-on for dropping dimes on suspected communists in Hollywood. He was the right man at the right time to lead a political revolution. The kind of revolution Bernie Sanders talks about is exactly what Reagan did in the 80s. It's a crazy idea of a coalition of Americans sick and tired of the status quo and they would rise up with one voice and say, I'm as mad as hell and I'm I'm not going to take this anymore! And elect the kind of leader America deserves. Unfortunately, that leader at that time and place was the kind of politician who would ruin America for the next four decades to follow. Some of you kids might think that the 1970s were nothing more than polyester leisure suits, white dudes with perms, roller skates, and disco-infused porn. Don't get me wrong, there was a lot of that, and it was fucking awesome. But the 70s also had inflation, which ain't none of y'all crazy kids ever really experienced. Economic stagnation, the gas crisis. Jimmy Carter telling us that America was a fuck. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in the growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of a unity of purpose for our nation. I mean, here we had a president not blowing sunshine up our collective asses, but telling us to do some crazy shit like maybe drive less or wear a sweater when it was cold instead of blasting the heat. We are motherfucking Americans and we ain't wearing no sweaters. Sweaters are for bitches. The worst of all, Drive less? 
<laughs> that probably doesn't make sense to a lot of you millennials, but telling Americans in the 70s they should drive less was like telling him to breathe less. The people were angry, and the time was ripe for change, and all they needed was the person who could make the rhetoric a reality, and by God, the Gipper was there. Look, I like to bag on Ron as much as the next libtard, but you gotta give credit where credit is due. And if you're a Reaganite, credit is actually only due for the 1%. Sorry, sorry, I promised that I wasn't going to be a shit to Reagan this episode. He fundamentally understood the mood of the country. He analyzed the trend line over time and developed a consistent message that appealed to people on both sides of the political aisle. He probably even believed it. He certainly acted as though he did. For the previous few decades, the pace of social change drove a portion of Americans away from the mainstream. They were alienated by the progressive movement and felt the country they knew and loved was increasingly alien to their way of life. Next, the economy of the country was in the doldrums, particularly due to the poor choices by the Democratic majority running the government, but mostly due to fundamental change and how the world economy was shaping itself. Alright, I sense I'm losing some of you here, but dude, I'm trying to draw parallels, people. What I'm trying to get across to you is that Reagan did not appear as if by magic out of the desert. He was a product of a planned and plotted change in American politics, and he was not the end. He was the beginning. When he first ran for president in 1968, (laughs) oh my god, did people laugh. When he challenged Ford in 76, People weren't laughing at it anymore, they were listening. And he damn near snatched the nomination from a sitting president. When he ran in 1980, he was the public face of a genuine revolution. His legacy led to the Republican Revolution in 1995 and the dominance of the Republican Party in national politics that persist to this very day. And if you don't think Republicans are the dominant political party, let me tell you, they control Congress and they have for most of the past two decades, they dominate the state house and governorships in the majority of the country. I can't help it, Doctor. They're fucking everywhere. Nobody knows but me. The party that Reagan built has enjoyed a long and prosperous run in power. Not as long as the Democrats, but hey, different world than it was in the heyday of their power. And the reason that I am telling you all this is that you, my friends, are in a similar situation. And when you find yourself in a situation like that, you just walk into the polling booth, wherever you are, and say, you can get anything you want at Bernie's restaurant. Except, you know, it won't be Bernie, and you won't actually be in a restaurant, and this isn't the year that you can do that. Come on, guys. A lot of, and so much of this, Barry is the gold water in our story. He's the radical who captures the hearts of the base, but goes on to lose and then sets the stage for Reagan to come along and get the people to rise up. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah! Because Bernie is right, 
You are right, brothers and sisters, and we need a revolution because the people need a leader. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, a leader is coming. I can feel them in my heart. I can feel them in my bones. And you will know them just when they come. You will know because we will all be led into the promised land, brothers and sisters. I am telling you, the liberal Reagan is Amen. Yes, Lord. Can I get an amen? Sorry, I get a little fired up when I go into Jesus mode. Look, I know you're down right now, and I see that same look on Gavin's face every time he opens the office refrigerator and sees someone has drank the last Mountain Dew Code Red. Stop looking at me, Gavin. I wouldn't touch that shit with a 10-foot pole, and I know it was you that tried mixing it with Jameson. Oh, you sick son of a bitch. You're looking at the cold, hard truth of a Clinton presidency the same way. You had this thing, this beautiful thing filled with promise, so different, so good, and now it's gone. I felt the same way when they canceled Firefly. I understand, but I'm here to tell you, I've seen what happens when a country takes a look around and realizes something is fucked up. I've read the histories of sweeping political change and how people react when they finally realize that George, divided against himself, cannot stand. First, they realize there's a problem, and they dabble in the impossible. (coughs) Nader. (coughs) Then... They go on to the incredibly unlikely. (coughs) Dean! (coughs) Finally, to the merely improbable. (coughs) Sanders! (coughs) And then finally, the movement finds themselves a Reagan. Maybe it's someone you know, like Elizabeth Warren. Maybe it's someone you've never heard of, like Obama, who actually can create hope and change instead of only promises it. And if we find that we weren't quite ready yet, maybe we can look on back on Hillary as our own personal Nixon. You're goddamn right. Relax, Hillary supporters. She's no more Nixon than she is Reagan, but I'm trying to buck up the little campers who were really down. Look, it's like Gandhi said. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own future, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. We need not wait to see what others do, which is actually really long and boring and not nearly as inspiring as the memed-up version that we all have come to recognize be the change in the world you wish to see. But I try to keep it real on this show. Take from this amazing thing Bernie Sanders began, who himself stood on the shoulder of other amazing progressive politicians and go forward and make it happen. The country is aching for a revolution in the status quo. The liberals are looking for a Reagan to undo all that Reagan did. Imagine how pissed off Republicans would be if we found him. Or her. I said him and I shouldn't have. A bunch of liberals standing around comparing a left-wing politician who likes income equality, civil rights for everyone, And America as a leader in the world, not because we can fly a drone in your bedroom window and kill you in your sleep, but because we practice the values that we only preach today. God, can you imagine? It would fucking drive Republicans nuts. And that alone would make it worthwhile to me. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. From all of us up here in Hamilton Studios, way up in Hamilton Heights, just a stone's throw from the Grange. Actually, the Grange is a bar a block from our apartment that we frequent, even though it's really too shishy for our taste. But you know what? We want you to know that the show's feelings are heard from Eminent, Eminent Resonance article in Vox this week, talking about the smug style in liberal politics. Yes, Eminent, we are smug, elitist assholes. We admit it, but if we gave it up, we'd pretty sure we wouldn't have a show anymore. If you like the kind of condescending smark we dole out on a weekly basis, you should find this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or for all you droid heads out there, the show is now on Google Play Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, send a link to your other entitled asshole liberal friends. Host Dave Bledsoe is doling out the cooling gel to all the butthurt on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast. You can follow the show on Facebook and SoundCloud at the show name. And all of the shows are at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For Dave Bledsoe, producer Gavin, and all the other fictional smug assholes on the show, we want to say that so long. We were looking so hard and waiting too long. Sometimes we don't know what we'll find. We only know it's a matter of time when you need someone. When you need someone. It feels so right, so warm and true. When we find them, we hope they'll feel it too. Maybe we're wrong, and the politician wasn't there all along. But this heart of ours has been hurt before, and next time we want to be sure. We've been waiting for a Reagan like you to come into our lives. See you all next week.